Amen. Uh, good to have everybody here. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 13. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13. Uh, before we start, I have uh, some questions uh, that were turned in to uh, answer and then several others that we'll be able to bring up during the lesson. Question number one, is it bad to use things like not allowing them to go to their grandparents' house as discipline? Uh, they love to go there. Um, <laughs> what you're really asking is, is this, uh, should I take away a relationship I want my children to have as punishment? I mean, that, that's really the, the bottom line to that, that question. And uh, as we'll learn as we talk about discipline, the, the most important, one of the most important aspects of it is you need to find what works to motivate your child to modify their behavior. You know, re- remember, in the, in the end, your child has to choose to modify their behavior. And when you discipline a child, all you do is make it easier or harder for them to choose what they need to do to modify their behavior. And so you're looking for what motivates them to motivate and modify their behavior. Uh, you ought to really, first, you ought to thank God that you have parents who live close enough, whose character and faith are good enough, that you desire your children to have a relationship with them. You know, everybody doesn't have that. Um, that all being said, I think you always need to be cautious taking away things and discipline that are good and healthy for your children. I, I think you need to be really, really, really cautious uh, doing that. Now, I have known some teenagers over the years where literally the only thing that caused them to modify their behavior was to uh, take some teen activity away. I, I think that's a terrible thing to have to do, but sometimes uh, th- that happens. Same thing with... Uh, this issue with the grandparents. I mean, you want to always, with your children, promote any relationship that, that's healthy for them uh, to have. And uh, if you have to do this, if this is the only thing that works, then what I would do is I, I would also uh, call your parents and have them talk to your kids on the phone and, and have them say things like, wow, I wish you would have behaved today so that you could come by our house. You know, please behave tomorrow because we want you to come by and get them on your side you know get them to understand what you're doing and 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 make this profitable you know that being said I, I would always be looking for something other than something that's good for them to to get them to modify uh their their behavior and and if it in some way hindered a relationship that I wanted them to have uh, long term I'd really be looking hard for something uh different if you have some specifics, get some uh, wise counsel. Question number two, uh, what should you do when your child rolls their eyes when you speak to them? Is this a common problem? Um, <laughs> for the most part, um, parents go through similar things with their children. Now, the degree we go through them you know, depends upon the personality uh, of the children. And... Um, Plus, every family has different circumstances, too. You know, one of the traps to fall into uh, when you discipline, we'll talk about, uh, more about this later, is uh, taking very little action uh, to back up your talk. You know, long speeches, uh, basically, to our children about their behavior, uh, eventually, they just become mush. 
And that being said, I mean, understand I gave some as a parent. <laughs> uh, it didn't completely stop me from making them. Uh, but when I was done, I pretty much almost always looked back and said, you know what, that really was not very, very effective, you know. Uh, but try to become a parent who is more action-oriented uh, than talk-oriented. And uh, don't be surprised if your children respond this way to your words. And uh, in the end, uh, them rolling their eyes at you, it's a reflection of their heart. And you need to take that into consideration when you're deciding what to do. Uh, And take into consideration the age of the children. Listen, a five-year-old rolling their eyes at you, you know, you might want to come out with some flames, (laughs) You know, uh, a 16 or 17-year-old rolling their eyes at you, you know what, Uh, depending on what you're doing, that might not be that bad of a response. I didn't say it's good. I didn't say you don't do anything. But, you know, you you can't treat everybody with this broad uh, brush. You know, what you should expect from a 5-year-old is different from what you expect from a 17-year-old, and you should always uh, expect respect. Um. Question number three, for a younger child, after one spanking is given and it doesn't work, do you give another or try someone else or something else? You know, a similar uh, question was, how do you handle the terrible twos? Uh, I don't want to spank all the time. It doesn't seem to work. Uh, Whenever it comes to child discipline, if you're expecting instant results from your discipline, you're really underestimating human freedom and the natural tendencies of children, just like you, to rebel against all uh, authority. Nearly all children will test your resolve and discipline. Nearly all of them. I know there's an occasional compliant child who you just speak to, and that's all you ever need to do occasionally. Almost never. Almost every kid, and some kids a lot, I mean, they're going to really test uh, you're, you're resolved. Uh, nearly always, uh, discipline is going to take more than one time doing it to modify their behavior. Um, that being said, I, I, one of the things I want to do as we go through these lessons on discipline, I, I want to get out of your head this idea that the response to every misbehavior is always spanking. You know, I, I, I think that that's not a healthy uh, mindset. That, that is one thing that you do, and if you do it right, well and do it rightly, I mean, that'll be pretty effective on most kids till somewhere between about 9 and 11. Uh, if you do it well and you do it right, rightly, and we'll talk about, about that. Um, well, for instance, um, when we disciplined our, our, our children... Uh, the first thing we, we would always do is say, go to our bedroom and sit down on the bed. I mean, our, our kids were not allowed in our bed. I didn't care how sick they were. Uh, if they needed somebody to be with them, we went to where they were. They were not allowed in our bed. That's our bed and, um, and the place of their discipline. <laughs> and so we'd send them in there. And then while they're in there, uh, for the first couple minutes, what you do is you pause and you think. Uh, you pray, Lord, what should I do? What should I not do? What should I say? And this pause will always help you as a, as a parent to not overdo discipline. The next thing would happen is we'd go in there and sit down. Do you know what you did? What happened? 
and you would talk to them until they fully understood what they did that was wrong. And then you just simply say, now you know when you do this, you get, you know, whatever it was, one or two whacks, and uh, bend over my knee. And they bend over your knee, you give them one or two whacks, and in our case, uh, I literally, I, I could count on two hands the times we gave our children two whacks when we were doing physical discipline. It's almost always one, uh, and I literally gave it as hard as I could swing. And um, they always responded, and they would sit there, and I would say, you okay? You sit there for a while, I want you to think about what you did, I want you to talk to the Lord, and then I'd leave. And then after a few minutes, after they calmed down, I walked back in, I'd sit down next to him. I would tell him, you know, I love you. Uh, you know, I don't like doing this. Uh, please don't do it again, but no matter what, you always have a friend in your dad. I probably told my kids that when I'm sitting here, uh, a thousand times each. Maybe that's too many. Several hundred times each. And then I didn't spend the afternoon mad. It's done. Um, and we'll talk more about that as time goes on. Um, some interesting, but uh, not always serious quotes. Uh, General MacArthur, Douglas MacArthur, he said this, By profession I am a soldier and take pride in that fact, but I'm prouder to be a father. Um, this isn't a serious quote, but it's interesting. Uh, parents always talk about the younger generation as if they didn't have anything to do with it. A uh, couple of thoughts to ponder. Here's number one. Let your child figure out the weaknesses in humanity of those you've taught them to respect without you pointing. Uh, number two. Uh, don't try to be the only authority in your child's life, but make sure God and you are the key ones, especially when they're young. Uh, you say, why? Because eventually you're not going to be the authority in their life. I mean, you are training them to follow other authorities in, in, in your life. Because long term, you're their parent, but you're not their authority when they leave your home. And so if you don't train them to follow other authorities other than you, you, you know what, that, that, that's not good parenting. Uh, number three, thoughts to ponder. Your commitment to Jesus Christ and his church ought to be obvious to your children. It becomes most obvious when you make some kind of a choice and choose the Lord and his church over something your children know you love to do. I want that to sink in. Because in the end, when there's something your children know you love to do, it makes a big difference when you choose to not go to church or church for that. Um, We're in week six of 12 weeks together. I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to be an expert. Uh, I am a person who keeps my eyes open. I read a lot of books. In fact, uh, these three books, I mentioned uh, two of them last week. Uh, this one here, Withhold Not Correction, that's in our bookstore. It's uh, eight bucks. It's just an excellent book on uh, discipline. Uh, these two books are by John Roseman. This is a basic book, a Parenting by the Book. Uh, it's just an outstanding basic book on uh, parenting with biblical principles. And uh, this one here is, uh, has special application to older children. I know we have several people in here who are uh, in here because, um, in part at least, you know you're going to foster to adopt. And, um, you know, the, the state says you cannot use physical discipline. You know, um, when nobody in here, when, when the Bible five times says 
uh, uh, talks about a rod uh, in a disciplining a child. Uh, probably no one in here believes that that 100% of the time means a long, round, wood or metal stick. That's what a rod is. And so everybody here, to one degree or another, takes that to mean something more than a literal round stick. And so what this does is it talks about a lot of other ways, especially when your children are older, or when physical uh, discipline uh, becomes ineffective, uh, of of things to do. It's just an excellent uh, book. Just give you some thoughts uh, to ponder. It should be in your Bible in Proverbs chapter 13. Uh, Remember, we begin with the Bible because God actually does know more about what our children need and what works in life than, than we do. And so we start there. And then last week we started on what in our culture is a controversial subject. It's not controversial in the scriptures. Uh, it's controversial in our culture, and, and that is discipline. And last week we established three basic biblical principles for uh, discipline, looking at the way God our Father disciplines us. Remember those three? Here's the first one. If God disciplines his children, we should discipline ours. It is not more loving to to fail to discipline them. Here's the second one. Our motive in discipline ought to be the profit of our children, not our profit. And if you haven't had situations where you did something to your kids and you later look back and said, you know what, that was for what I thought people thought of me and wasn't really for them, okay, that's not good discipline. Number three, um, discipline should not be pleasant (laughs) uh, when it's going on for the person getting it. Remember those three principles? We talked about them last week. I'm not going to go uh, over them again. But if we apply those principles, uh, today we're, and next week we're going to just talk about some wise, practical uh, applications of, of those three principles from some other biblical principles. And these principles, they're, they're not up for debate. They're biblical principles. What is up for debate is how you apply them to your circumstance. Uh, Sharon and I haggled over this stuff all the time. I mean, understand, we had three very strong-willed children. I mean, there was not one that was even somewhat mellow. Very strong-willed children. None of them were easy to raise. Every one of them was very different from, from, from the other. My wife's general disposition is gentle. Okay, that's who she is as a person. I appreciate it. I, I love it. My natural disposition is... I want things done in order, on time, right now. That's my natural disposition. So because we have this different perspective on on life and and things, you know, there's some haggling that you're going to have over these things, and that's normal. Talk about them like adults, like loving husbands and wives. But but the principles themselves, they they are biblical uh, principles. Uh, Here's the first one, number one. Uh, start the discipline when your child is very young. Start the discipline when your child is very young. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. Now, because my English is not what it should be, uh, I years ago didn't know what be times meant. So I circle the word be times, I just draw a little line over to my margin, and I just have the word early in my margin. That's what the word uh, be times means. That's uh, very, very clear. Uh, it is not a demonstration of love to fail to discipline your children. It is a demonstration of hatred. 
And proper discipline begins young. Uh, Turn up a few pages to Proverbs chapter 19. Notice what it says in verse 18 of Proverbs 19. It says, Chasten thy son while there is hope. Let not thy soul spare for his crying. Uh, Notice that if you don't start early enough, there will be less hope for its effectiveness. I didn't say no hope. There's always hope with God. But you start early because there's more hope when you start early. Notice, you don't start or stop based on their tears. If you have more than one child, one of the things that you'll recognize is that some children cry easily, other children hardly at all. And if you base their, uh, what you do on their tears, sometimes you will not do enough, other times you will do too much. Start the discipline when your child is very young. Now, some parents fail because they uh, start the discipline process too late and they fail to recognize the nature of a young child. I hope you understand that there are a lot of rebellious children because they were not disciplined as toddlers. There are a lot of rebellious teenagers because they were not disciplined as children. There are a lot of rebellious young adults because they were not disciplined as teenagers. If you wait until they're older children or teens, you have already made your life in theirs tougher. Uh, By the way, it's never too late to start. There's always some hope, but if you don't start early, there's less hope for it being effective. Now, we've had a lot of questions over the years turned in uh, on things like, what age should you start spanking your children, or when do we start discipline? Here's a simple answer. Start as soon as you're sure what they're doing is willful defiance. By the way, it's going to be very young. Willful defiance. And it's going to happen. They're going to be in diapers. They're going to probably be less than 12 months old. And certainly less than 15 or 18 months old. But whenever, whatever they're doing is willful defiance, you have to do something. Start young. Here's number two. Go to your Bible to James chapter 5. We're just establishing biblical principles for good discipline. James 5. Here's number two. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. James chapter 5, verse 12, But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, uh, lest you fall into condemnation. Notice, it brings condemnation when your yes doesn't mean yes, and your no doesn't mean no. Say what you mean, mean what you say. You know, one of the worst habits that parents ever start is consistently making threats that you rarely follow through on. By the way, the bad twin sister of that is making promises that you rarely keep. But when we say something in discipline or correction, it should never be flippant. What this means, if our yes is going to be yes or no is going to no, and we're going to mean what we say and say what we mean, it means that as parents, we're going to have to be more careful about what we say. Because the natural tendency is to say whatever comes to our mind when we're angry about what they just did. And that is not a good way to handle our children. 
Um, one of the ways uh, that all these idle threats and bad habits manifest itself is, is parents counting before they do anything. You got to three. I'm going to count to ten. Wow, that's pretty skilled. Can you go to 20 with your shoes off? Everybody in here knows that when you do that, what that really means is, is that I'm going to count in a two, two and a half, two and three quarter. Everybody here knows what that means is they're not going to do anything until you get to whatever number you said you were going to go to. Please stop that. Just... Be more careful about what you say and expect them to respond the first time. Now, you may not agree with this, but to me, when we were, our kids were young, this was extremely important to me because I always feared and felt like, you know what, sometimes their safety might be at stake for them listening to me the first time. I mean, suppose they get away from your, you in the parking lot and there's a car coming and stop, wait a minute, one, two, three... You better teach them to respond the first time. I read an illustration. It was in one of those books about uh, a dad. They were somewhere uh, in the wilderness area. I think it was out west. And he looked over, and his kid, little kid was near a rattlesnake. And walking towards his snake, which was rattling its tail. And, of course, the kid doesn't know a thing about that. Fortunately, this kid had been disciplined well, and he said, stop right there. And the kid stopped right there. Listen, I hope it never happens. But the best way to teach your children is to simply respond when you speak to them the first time. Let your yay be yay, your nay, nay. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Um, And as I said earlier, what this really means as parents is we're going to have to be under better control when we say what we're going to do. If you get the idea that I'm trying to teach that it's not good in anger to say what you feel to, to your children, you're getting the right idea. By, by the way, this is the reason why I've suggested that there always be a pause between when you say or do something and what happens. And if you did say something in anger, apologize. It's great for your children. You're not perfect. Only the Lord is. Now, I understand that being more careful about what we say is going to take some character and practice on, on, on our part. But it's one of the most simple and uh, important things that brings peace to our house. I mean, it is not adding peace to your home for you to tell somebody to do something ten times. It is not adding peace to your home for you to say, do something, I'm counting to ten. That, that's not adding peace to your home. What adds peace to our homes is, is when we speak in a normal tone of voice and for the most part our kids just do what we've asked them to do because they've been taught that way. And you say, well, that's impossible. No, it is not. It's impossible doing what you're doing to have that happen. So you don't know how tough my kid is. Oh, listen. Your kid is only tough because you're so inconsistent. 
listen, if you, when it, when it comes to, to uh, parenting, one of the most basic rules of parenting is you've got to be tougher than your kids. You say, if my kid is tough, I'm going to be tougher. God gave them to you. He gave you to them. Uh, number three, uh, and we're, we're going to just use several things um, from the example of the way our Heavenly Father handles us uh, as models of the way we should handle our children. By the way, none of us are going to be a better parent than God our Father. I mean, He is a great parent to His children. How does God discipline their children, His children? Here's the first thing. Uh, with the goal to break their will, not their personhood or spirit. Notice it's kind of interesting in James chapter 3, one of the reasons that he uses for us not to uh, cuss people out or speak badly to them. In James chapter 3, uh, verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame, is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Do you see why he says not to talk bad to people? Because they're made in God's image, and, and that includes our children. By the way, just so you clearly understand, I didn't 100% succeed in not speaking to our children in anger, nor did I 100% uh, succeed in, in always saying what I meant and meaning what I said. But, but if it's not one of your goals, you're never going to get anywhere close. And it was always one of my goals. I just because I'm a fallen sinner, uh, and just like you, have some days where I'm better than others, uh, did the best job I could to do that. Uh, if we're, we're not supposed to talk badly or curse someone because they're made in the image of God, it's certainly true that as parents, you know, one of the things that ought to really motivate us as we think about handling our children is to remember that they're made in God's image. You know, as an adult, uh, we can crush the personality and spirit of our children if our attitude is oppressive or we're genuinely harsh in our discipline. If you, again, if you have more than one child, one of the things you're going to realize is some children are more sensitive than others. And some children, I mean, you literally can easily crush their spirit. And then there's some kids where pretty much you can do almost anything and their spirit's alive and well and, and, and kicking hard. But, but you, you need to be really, really careful about this when you choose what you do. Discipline can be underdone, and that's usually what's done by parents. But on occasion, parents do overdo discipline, and they crush the spirit of their child, and you need to guard against that. How does God discipline his children? Go back to Psalm 103. We're just establishing biblical principles. Biblical principles for handling our children because God knows more about what it takes to handle our children well and what makes their life and their future better than we do. Psalm 103. Verse 13. It says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Here's the second thing that God does when he disciplines his children. He does it with patience and long-suffering. He remembers that our frame is just dirt, just dust. Have you ever really thought about this? God doesn't break us in half for every mistake we make. 
In fact, when God disciplines us and deals with us, what He does is He patiently overlooks some things while dealing with other things. If you're here and you're a growing Christian, one of the things that you would testify is you would say this, you know, some of the things that God is working on in my life, I wasn't even thinking about three years ago. By the way, they were there then, but what God did was he took the most serious and the biggest things that were hindering you in life and hindering you in your relationship with him, and he began to deal with you on those things, not that he ever said the other things were right, he just remembered that our frame is dust, and when we got those fixed, he began to work on other things. By the way, this is one of the many reasons why you ought not to be such harsh judges of the way other people handle their children. You really don't know what's going on. And you might assume that their kid needs to be working on the things that your kid is working on. When in reality, you know what? That little thing that really bothered you, that would bother you with your child, you know what? That is just small potatoes to what that parent is dealing with. And maybe we ought to sow seeds of just being gracious. Because that's what we would like to reap when other people think about our parenting and children. See, God considers our age and maturity as he considers his expectations. We need to do the same. Don't expect your four-year-old to act eight. Or your 12-year-old to act 17. Or your 17 to act 30. But expect more from your 8-year-old than your 5-year-old. More from your 12-year-old than your 8-year-old. More from your 18-year-old than a 12-year-old. I think most parents tend to expect too little from their children. But there are a few parents who expect too much. Um, In fact, I believe personally it was actually good for our children to have one parent who was... I'm going to call myself more demanding with higher expectations and one parent who was just easygoing and gracious. Now that made sometimes it difficult to decide what to do, but you know what? Uh, By the grace of God, my wife just let me be me and handle them when I had them and I let her be her, handle them when she handled them. I I believe that God gave our children both of us. That means I believe that there's something she had that they needed, just like I believe there was something that I had that they needed. God handles his children with patience and with long-suffering. Go to Jeremiah chapter 7. Just establishing some principles for biblical discipline based on how God handles his children. Jeremiah chapter 7. Here's the third way God handles his children. Uh, Carry discipline to its rightful conclusion once you start. It's kind of a bad time during Jeremiah's day. The people of Judah are really rebellious. God has been telling them for years, repent, or I'm going to bring judgment on you. I'm going to bring Babylon from the north, and you guys are in big trouble. Uh, he'd been threatening them, threatening them, threatening them. And notice what happens when he gets to Jeremiah seven sixteen. God says to Jeremiah, Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. <laughs> now that's a, that's a pretty tough end of the discipline. 
But that was the rightful end of God telling them to repent, promising them he would judge them, and finally God said, okay, it's going to happen. Now, when, you, when I say uh, carry a pr- uh, discipline to its appropriate conclusion, uh, what you need to do is if you realize you did too much, you, you need to step back instead of just pridefully going on. Um, if you realize the offense is pretty grievous and what you promised is reasonable for that grievous offense, carry it to its conclusion. Remember, the nature of discipline from, from Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 12 uh, is that it's supposed to be grievous for the recipient. Uh, my experience, again, by and large, parents let their kids off the hook uh, too easily. Somebody turned in the question, how do I stick to the punishment I said I'd give them? Well, the answer to that is to start by being more careful about what you give them. See, if you're careless about what you give them, then you're going to have all kinds of problems sticking to it. If you have this thoughtful process, you go there, and then you walk away and, and think through what you're going to do, you'll, have, you'll find it much easier to stick to what you're doing than something you blurted out in anger. Somebody turned in the question, how do I help myself remember that they're just children? Start by pausing between what they do and your response whenever you can. See, whenever we pause and think and pray, we're always going to respond better, and you will remember then that they're just children. And, by the way, it's not our subject for today. It's pretty obvious that you don't want to be around when God's judgment falls. I mean, when God gets to the place where he says, listen, don't even bother to pray for them. I'm I'm just done with them. You you don't want to be there. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Just talking about handling our kids the way God handles his kids. Carry appropriate discipline to its rightful conclusion. Here's the fourth way God handles his children. Give discipline in response to everything. Action, inaction, words, attitudes, and heart. Notice in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Listen, if God is going to bring uh, everything to the light in a judgment, then if you and I are going to parent like God handles his children, everything that they do is on the table. Now, when it comes to what's in their heart, you know, we need to be careful because only God knows someone's heart with 100% certainty. But we can tell sometimes by their attitudes and by their words because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, we can tell, get some glimpses of what's in their heart. Uh, and and what I'm, what the point I'm trying to get at with this is don't make the mistake of letting their attitude or mouth go uh, without a response. Remember, if your target as a parent is just their behavior, you're not targeting low enough. The target uh, as a parent is their heart. It's just that we can't change their heart. All we can do is try to get them to modify their behavior and work on their heart. So don't be satisfied with just some uh, robotic behavior modification. Always take that if that's all you can get, but always look to reach their heart. 
Discipline more severely for things you can see and hear because only God knows their heart. Increase discipline when it's received with a bad attitude and a mouthy disposition. Decrease discipline when it's reasonably received and they have a repentant, repentant attitude. I mean, for instance, when we did discipline and our, our boys were older, because when they were young, it was just pretty much established, you, you get a swap for this. When they were older and we began to use other things to uh, try to, to help them and modify their behavior, when we would go into the bedroom and talk to them, you always begin with what's the highest. Okay, the Xbox gone for a week. Now, you don't tell them anything else, but you know what? If you get four days into it and their attitude has been good and they've modified their behavior and they've received that discipline well, it might be a good time to teach them what mercy means. Okay, you have seven days coming, but because you received this well and you changed your behavior, you know what? You can use it today. These are all valuable lessons. Remember, God on purpose picked himself as an illustration of a parent-child relationship. And so this is good to teach them. Now, sometimes, even though they received it well, you know what they did was sufficiently grievous that we kept it for a whole week. But, you know, start with the highest thing you will do. Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm running out of time. Just ways that God handles his children that we are applying to the way we handle our children in discipline. Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. He says here, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not done. Here, here's the fifth thing. Use both positive and negative motivation in your discipline. You notice God promised a blessing if they obey. He promised a curse if they disobey. You know, so often as parents, we, we just are one-sided. We, we only think about how we handle our children in terms of the negative. And, and yes, we, they need some of that. But you know what? Uh, they also need some positive things, too, when you handle their behavior. Uh, as far as I know, it is universal in Scripture that if God says, don't do this, if you do it, you receive some kind of punishment. And if God says, I want you to do this, uh, then he blesses you if you do it, and basically nothing happens if you don't. You're not cursed, you're not blessed, you just live in this kind of a neutral middle. And, and when we handle our children, we, we need to use both of these tools to, to handle them. Um, for, for instance, when our kids were real little, uh, like in kindergarten, uh, they would get a check plus or a check or a check minus. Uh, we charged them uh, a dime when they got a check minus and gave them a nickel when they got a check plus. They got nothing for a check. That worked with two of them. Uh, one of them it didn't work with. Uh, in order to Remember, the point of discipline is not to do what you feel like doing. It's to modify behavior with that particular child what worked is for to make him right what he had wrong twice and so he not only learned what he had wrong but he hated writing what he had wrong and he didn't care about his money he'd just as soon pay out all his money and keep getting check minuses 
Listen, every kid is different. I'm not poking at one of our, our, our kids. I'm just saying, you and your, your children are, are just like my children, that they've got strengths and weaknesses, and it's our job to identify them and, and help them modify their behavior. Which gets us to the last thing, and I have two minutes. And here it is. A balanced discipline with available relationship with you. Um... I cannot emphasize enough for this being one of the keys to healthy discipline of your children. I'm going to tell you, it is just a terrible thing if your discipline is you do this and then you like barely speak to them for two days. Listen, that is not the way our Father in Heaven deals with us. Now, He does bring consequences, but I'm going to tell you what, forgiveness restores relationships. And because I was the tough disciplinarian in our house, it was important for me to balance that with relationship with them. I mean, I took our boys out. We had boys' night out once a week. Uh, I was mom's night off, too. Uh, once every, uh, like, four to six weeks, I would take them out one at a time to do something they wanted because I wanted them to learn. It wasn't just all of them that were important to me, that each individual was important to me. And so I let them pick, okay, what do you want to do? And we didn't have much money, I mean, but they picked something that was within our budget that we did. Uh, when I was home, I traveled at that time for, for work. When I was home, I tucked them in every night. I prayed with them. I told them a Bible story. Uh, we played around. Uh, we did our family vacations together. We didn't take friends until they were much, much, much older. And when we went on vacation, I didn't golf. I played with my kids. I spent time with my wife. That's important. Uh, video games. I, I mean, I would get as many four-player games as possible. And even though, generally speaking, when they got older, I stunk, you know what? Uh, we just did it together. So, so, and I, I could give you a lot of other il illustrations. Uh, I, I'm just saying, you, you know what? It is very, very important. If you are going to picture our Father and God in heaven as you handle your children and you parent them that you have this good balance between this available relationship and strong, tough, clear discipline. Remember our goal? It's not a good kid. Our goal is an independent, functional adult with faith and character. And we can do that, every one of us. And uh, write your questions down, just fold them up and turn them in up here. We'll uh, get going. God bless you. You're dismissed.